Alright guys, hey and what is up? We are here for a, another live episode of TNCBA Real Talk Live. Uh, been dealing with some technical difficulty, difficulties right now, so we're just making sure everything is up and running, sound, looks good right now. I think Kelsey and we've got our live streams running. So guys, we're going to be talking to y'all about what went down at Watauga uh, last weekend. We're going to be looking towards Gunnersville that we got coming up for our next uh, club event, our out of town that everybody looks forward to each mm-hmm. year, Kelsey. Yeah. It's a good time with everybody, some time to get away, a little bit of vacation. I know I've talked to a few people that are like, I'm looking forward to it because I need some time away. Yeah. I need uh, to get uh, out uh, there on the water. I feel like it's just been one of those years for everybody. I mean, we've all had our battles that we've been fighting oh, this yeah. year, and I think it's going to be a good time to just get away. And Yeah, and that was one of the big things that we talked about up at Watauga was just how many guys are having going through it. You know yeah. what I mean? Whether it's it's physical ailments, medical things, dealing with boat issues. I yeah, mean, we've got a few boats that are we, in the we, shop we right now. We've covered the gamut yeah. <laughs> with, with it all. I mean. All the way around. So it's been one of those years. So we're looking really to – to kind of ease into some things and, and calm it down a little bit down there at Gunnersville and just yeah. get into a routine of fishing and stuff. Uh, but guys, Watauga was was stingy. Watauga was a, a they were in a funk. They were coming out of the spawn in many so. cases, and those fish had not really healed up a ton and had gotten back into that mm-hmm. feeding mode real heavy. So it was it was a tough day, and that was probably the consensus I got from everybody. I mean, yeah. I think literally we only had one limit one limit out of yeah. everybody and then we had a couple fours or two or three of us no we the top five had four four yeah. fish didn't they um but one limit and the biggest thing was was keeping your head in the game throughout the day and staying focused uh we got really frustrated i'll start out just by talking about what me and dad went through uh we ran up into the watauga we were up there near pioneer landing and we had a shad spawn going on and i know other people talked about seeing the shad spawn as well and if y'all have watched our videos about what the shad spawn is and what's going on there again those the those thread finner up there just beating along the banks and stuff and around cover and all that they're they're trying to spawn and get get all that business done but with that they're also like they're just a buffet for the bass yeah. and like it was frustrating because as much as we were around it we could not get any of them to bite you know, and yeah. Did you see a shad spawn going on where you were? Never, at? never in the area we started. No, I never saw anything. Now you were that more down on. towards towards the Butler Bridge and down that way, right? We were uh, just up above it in okay. a pocket to the off to the left. Okay. Yeah. So so you started. didn't see much of it down there, but up there in the Watauga, it was going on, and like you could hear them up under some of the overhanging stuff, or yeah. maybe some of those undercut banks just gorging on these shad and we'd, we'd throw a popar close by we'd throw a spinner bait we'd skip a swim jig up there around him, a chatter bait and just never could get him to commit to anything and it was weird i did have one come up on a popar and pull it down and that one on the popar was um just grabbing the feather like it was weird <laughs> yeah they weren't they, getting it really good well i mean I, it's like you know throwing a glide bait earlier that that yeah. day i mean it's just like they were. They, nothing really wanted to attack. No, nothing. I mean, any of the bites that we had were just. You never felt it. Sluggish. Yeah. They were very sluggish. Yeah, the, the fish were just they were very mood. off their game, I would say. So, guys, we're going to talk about our top three and what our top three was, were doing. I had a chance to reach out to those guys today, and they were able to share with us what they what they called them on and just give us a little bit of a gamut. Um, and I know that talking to Kevin Stevenson who lives up that way, uh, knows the lake really well. He came in with 13 pounds. We had one dead, 
fish, so that bumped him back down to 12. Yeah. Um, but that was still enough for the day for him to get first. He said that morning it was it was crazy what was going on on top water, but they never would touch it. It wasn't like he, he caught them and lost them. Yeah. Or hooked into them and lost them. It was a... I, they're blowing up all over it, over top of it, all around it, and just never getting a hold of it. Hmm. So he had some top water action going on that morning, and he said that for him, on here, a bone sexy dog caught two of his fish, and then a white spinner bait, and then two on the glide bait. Now, I know you saw him throwing the glide bait around some stuff, and he said docks and laydowns were his main focus. Yes. And those are typically our big players up there. Oh, you, yeah. you can get on the smallmouth and stuff around some rock or some clay and stuff. Um, but if you're around predominantly green fish and stuff like yeah, that, you're going to be, gonna be around those docks, docks and laydowns. Yeah. Mo, mo, um, so top water for him, the sexy mm-hmm. dog, a walking style bait, uh, excellent this time of year. And then the spinner bait, of course, anytime there's a shad spawner getting into that post spawn is really, really good. So a white spinner bait, um, which we heard somebody else or saw somebody else throwing that and caught some fish on it. Uh, around us we saw um but we i think dad caught one on the spear bait. i think that was our first one that we caught never got the first bite well i mean he threw it he threw it enough that he should have caught plenty but i I take that back dad did did have a bite (laughs) he threw over a limb and his bait was sitting there and he was fiddling with it and then when he went to pull it back up there was a fish on the other end of it so it bit it on the fall but <laughs> so, yeah, we would have had five there. <laughs> would have five. He's calling you out, Bob. So just, I, I'm pretty sure nah. Bob is calling you out there. Nah, he's hey, carrying hey, you around hey, he, this he year. He has carried me. This <laughs> His year. back's starting to hurt yeah. just a little bit. Yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> so well, we keep leaving right. the boat. So a spinner bait. We see that one popping around there. We heard that from a few other guys. Um, and then the glide bait. And guys, the glide bait up there on Watauga is always a, a major player typically for some really big bass mm-hmm. uh those largemouth really like to stage up around those those docks and around those laydowns i know we caught one on a hard-bodied swim bait that yes. gigantia um and it was really focusing on the tips of those trees that we saw them but for the one that i did catch on the the hard-bodied swim bait we saw like four or five more follow it and just wouldn't commit like you talked about earlier yeah and that's frustrating. So that glide bait can get you in trouble really quick. Um, so, again, that's how he put together his five. So, again, the top water that morning, bone sexy dog, uh, walking style bait there, the white spinner bait for one of those, and then two others there on the glide bait. So that went to the tune of 13 pounds. Now, under our expectations for sure, right? Definitely. Yeah, I was especially after, after the tournament we had last year out there, which, I mean, we were there a little later in the season. Yeah. We were there in the 1st of June. So that's always something to think about. So, there. You're I there mean, a little bit later. I think I think it was just they weren't there yet. They they right. were still healing up. They weren't and did they were you very notice lethargic. That they, were very, they were very thin Yeah. and still kind of beat up. Like Not that their tails were bloody or anything, but like oh, just yeah. – they they well, seem to beat up. I mean, bad. most of our fish were spots. I mean, most of the large. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the large you know, mouth and stuff the large mouth. They yeah, they looked a little rough. They were a little rough. Um, so just I think that extra week or so would have made a big difference there. Yeah, and how that goes. Um, but second place there, guys. Uh, Hodge and Lester. They said that they caught theirs on a couple different things. But I'll pull this up here again so I get it, make sure I get it right. Um, theirs were on a fluke and a spinner bait. And two on a jig. Um, so kind of a, a couple different styles there uh, with the jig being I, I think the first time the, I saw anything not moving around. That was probably mostly the game to play. Kind of get something I mean, moving early just in the morning. Had, well, I, I would just think, you know, being versatile. Because, I mean, that's yeah. that's the kind of day it laid out to be. 
And like I said, all these baits are things that are staples here this time of the oh, year. Yeah. It's just it was being at the right time at the right place, right? Yeah. And making sure you got that bite. So that spinner bait, again, you see that pop up. A fluke. I didn't throw a fluke. Never even crossed my mind. Now, were you? <laughs> I mean, the, did you tell me that you saw somebody catch one on a floating worm? No, that was Snyder. Okay. Snyder told me that they were uh, up there just up above Butler, too. I mean, we threw and it. He, and he saw a guy pull one out from under a dock on a floating worm. So a floating worm was something Should've else. stuck with it a little more. Like I said, I, <laughs> I think it all came down to just being in that right spot at the right moment. Yeah. It wasn't about, like, missing the boat on a certain bait. No, because, I mean... I, feel, right I really feel there were very few hungry fish out there that day. Oh, that's for sure. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> even in some of the other club club guys that we talked to, the other people that were weighing in there, you know, those other clubs weren't, weren't oh, yeah. blowing it out of the water either. So no. it was tough on everybody. Um, so, again, a spinnerbait we see, but a fluke-style bait. Um, then we come to Mr. Olinger, and this one this one was different. He went with the buzzbait. I didn't hear a buzzbait from anybody else but him. Right place, right time. Right I mean, place, like, you, right like time, you've been but, saying. And yeah. he was catching around docked, and he was probably the one that talked to me most about saying, like, he kind of called him all throughout the day. And okay. that was one thing he said is, like, that he uh, he caught him on the buzz bait around floating docks, caught him all day on that. Uh, he did catch one large mouth on a tube in the back of a pocket. So uh, seeing a little trend there, maybe with somebody, people slowing down a little bit there at yeah. the end of the day uh, after it got the sun got up really high. Yeah. Um, so I, I know that the action definitely slowed down. We went and ran bridge pylons and stuff later on. It's played out for you in the past. It has, it <laughs> yeah. has, and dude, nothing. It was yeah. just like pulling teeth. And we tried, we tried the bridge up at Pioneer Landing. We tried the main bridge there at Butler, um, and standing timber, all that stuff. And it was, it was just a really frustrating day, and it was hard grind. I know that uh, Hodge and Lester said that they only caught eight fish all day. Um, we didn't even catch that. The if we caught it, it was a keeper. We didn't catch many small I, fish. Yeah, I want to say we we did catch that about that many. Yeah, but I mean, it was just a, it was it was weird. It was a very weird day. It was very slow. Okay. Um, compared to like I said last year, it was just we we caught a lot yeah. more. Yeah. The, so I think I think looking forward, just giving it a couple more weeks, and of course, if the weather was different, you know, you might have things warm up quickly and and well we were talking to another angler up there that said you know there was never like big waves go up yeah it was the, just a very the, the elongated spawn, spawn. The spawn was really weird this year i mean um just very small phases i believe because i mean even when we went out on holston it just wasn't it wasn't like what, it normally yeah. is it wasn't a slug fest like it should have been yeah but uh it's just the fish have been playing weird this year i mean it so i think i, I do think that that hurt us a little bit that the, the spawn has been a little bit more just prolonged and just let out a lot more um and guys if you've got questions or comments or anything yeah. like that watching this drop something in there for us uh and we'll, we'll talk about that um but water temperature what do you see up there low 70s okay i was seeing about yeah. the same thing 71 72 um when we came back down the lake there was a little bit there in the upper 60s yeah. but mostly well another thing 70s. that we had factoring in the water was very um stained i guess Did you know say. okay you it, the, that too? well I, and I talked to somebody earlier this week and he said that the lake is trying to turn over so okay. that that was another pro problem that we Just probably a, had to it was deal a weird with. color especially yeah. up in the in that river section up in oh, the Otago, yeah. like it it was a it was very strange kind of like to me. A tannic. Yeah, it had like, a strange strange tinge to it. Um, you know, you, you always think about algae blooms and stuff mm -hmm. in the spring as well. Oh yeah. And of course, Watauga is an interesting one because they've let it fill up. I mean, that lake was 
it, it seems like it's always at its brim or higher this yeah. time of year. You never fish it low. Well, I, I imagine just with, you know, with all the stuff that has been going on down the way with Boone and all yeah. that, they they probably hold that one back the most more because so. it because it has more room to fill up, I guess you would say. I mean, there's not many houses. There's not a lot of stuff close to the shore. Right. So I feel like that's that's my personal yeah. opinion. I don't know. And we both but, know you drive by drive by rat branch or whatever down there oh, yeah. like it's not an odd thing for the fishing pier to be underwater or be it, it to be over the, the i'm dock sure it is today down there yeah <laughs> with all the rain that we've just had that's that's one thing that they do so guys if you're going up to to Wataga here in the coming week or, or so on those fish are starting to to pull out I, I do think dad and i found one fish maybe on the bed back down the lake towards fish spring so there might be a hmm. few in there that were still and the main reason i, I feel like it was on the bed is we I threw that hard body swim bait in there and came out. It was at, at the base of a tree. So you had a big long lay down running out towards the middle of the lake. And I throw up towards the base of it. And as I'm reeling that thing out, it comes up and just, I mean, it not just swirls on it and you see it flash, you feel it. Like it bumped yeah. it, it hit it hard. It's and like, then, get out of and here. then nothing. So dad threw the worm in there right after that and just let it sit. And all of a sudden she picked it up. And he followed her out about halfway to the boat or, or so, and she came off. So I feel like for her to have stayed there like she did and to, to pick up that worm, because we did catch a couple on a worm. We caught a couple spots back down towards Fish Springs that were acting like they were kind of around the bed and stuff. Yeah. So there's still going to be lingering fish on the bed, guys. It just I feel like the major the majority of those fish are done doing that. Oh, yeah. So I feel like a spinner bait, especially if we'd have had maybe – a little more wind and stuff and then just getting later after the spawn that spinnerbait's going to be really really good here going over the next, the next couple week weeks or so yeah it's going to be um, really good up the there. glide bait's going to really pick up here going into june and um pressing on into these summer months but i, I would definitely have on a spinnerbait i would have on looking at what these guys have talked about a buzz bait a fluke style bait or a floating worm if you're going up there this time of year or a cinco um, or a <laughs> around that stuff but but again if you're up there trying to just power fish and move that fluke and that uh, floating worm or, or something that's a little more finessey that you can still move pretty quick but that spinner bait and that buzz bait um you're going to get some bites but just i would key in on those floating docks and the laydowns. now the laydown that you said you all threw across or that your dad got bit on for me the laydowns on on Watauga that I'm looking for guys are not they're not matching the slope of the bank okay no. we're talking about laydowns that are floating on top of the, the mm -hmm. water they're sticking out there 20 25 feet off the bank so when we're talking about these laydowns again not what's matching the slope of the bank they're not laying along that that slope going deep into the water now not to say you won't catch them on that but with the spinner bait and the glide bait yeah you're wanting really them to seems suspend like in the in they're, they're in up underneath trees. it yeah. or they're around those tree tips it's, it's the same concept as with the fish and floating docks yeah. so that's what you're looking for and i think those baits could do you um a lot of good and really provide um some good fishing up there for you uh it definitely seems like that upper end is ahead like, mm -hmm. like it typically would be. Um, so you've got the shad spawn going on in some of those river areas like the Watauga and stuff. I didn't go into the Rhone or into the Elk. No. Um, so I don't know about those. But uh, further down, a little bit cooler water temperatures, but the water is clear back down that way. You get down below Butler Bridge and the water was a little bit clear. You didn't have that strange stain to it that we were seeing up there in the river. Um, but again, 
people caught fish just not what we were expecting here yeah. and like we we've kind of said it multiple times throughout this time period of just it's been a strange spring that has yeah, just we, lingered we've, and we stuff. have had higher expectations for the yeah. past couple tournaments that is true that is true so but the fish have been biting we can't complain about that now so here's what we're going to do guys we're going to talk really quick about how points are kind of shaking out and then we are going to go and look at gunnersville after we take a quick commercial break so i'm going to pull up our points here right now and after um four events we have put in there one drop i believe you put in one drop yes and so if you go to the website and you scroll down to the 2022 standings there you'll see our top six and again our angler of the year race is sponsored by piney pond and firearms guys they have Along with the selection of firearms, mm-hmm. they also have a great tackle selection right now. So yes, if you they have, want to they have grown there, that quite a bit. It, Gabbard it has great. done a really good job of, of getting that set up, and it, and it looks good and stuff like that. So head over there and pick up some tackle needs. Um, but Piney Pond and Firearms are AOY right now. Mr. Kelsey Harvey, y'all have had a good start. You're telling me mm-hmm. what, what have been your, your finishes so far? We had a first, second, and fourth. We did not okay. fish Boone. Right. So there's where so that drop that drop helped brings us Brings you back in. Brings us nice back thing into about it with the club guys is that with that drop you know you're going to be able to compete and we yeah. have multiple drops uh so you're not out of it again being no. as weekend english things come up and stuff like that so kelsey harvey leading with 154 points and then right behind him uh mr wayne winchester with 153 and we we're looking there at bonus points you know bonus points play a big part in this oh yeah with with those big fish winchester had two smallmouth over four there um a little while back and big fish for that tournament so that gave him three bonus points so guys those bonus points are huge and then we have andy hodges and keith lester both tied with 152 and then bob harvey with 151 you gotta make those meetings bob kelsey said you're ruining the day you missed that meeting at (laughs) at one point man at one point might be up there and tie for that third place uh and then crockett with 150 points there rounding out our top six that's where we stand right now in our angler of the year standings guys um Things are going to stay close and, and, and tightly packed like that. The next few events that we've got coming up, you've got Gunnersville, which we're going to talk about after the break. Mm-hmm. You've got Douglas Knight. So we make that shift to, to fishing some night tournaments. Yeehaw. And then, uh, yeehaw, right. And then you go to um, an early morning morning deal on Patrick Henry. So we're going to do that one in, in July there where we fish um, early, early morning to just that those few hours there into the, the break of dawn. Um so, with that being said, guys, Wataga, it's under our belts. Wasn't what we hoped it would be, no. but you learn from it. I, I, oh, yeah. I don't know that there was really anything I would change about my game plan very much. Is there no. anything you would have done differently? No, I mean, not really. I, I think, I mean, we we went out, we done what we planned on doing. Um, we did have to make a few little changes just as far as we really just had to slow down. I mean, most of our right. fish came on slow-moving baits. I mean, we caught... And I guess I, maybe that would have been the, the change I would have made. Yeah. I would have maybe gone to, picked up the worm yeah, and slowed down a little see, bit earlier. See, we started out power fishing, basically top waters, floating right. worms, um, spinner baits, things like that. And it was just really slow. I mean, I, one of our fish did come on a pop bar. Yeah. And then after okay. that, the rest of them came off of a wacky, wacky worm. Okay. So, I so mean, still similar to what you kind of found last yeah. time up there. It was just not as fast paced as it, it was. Yeah, it just wasn't as predominant. Right. Yeah, so I definitely would have slowed down there a little bit. That would have been one thing I would have done. All right, guys, so we're going to slide off here to our commercial break. We want to say thank you again to our sponsors, um, uh, 
TVA Credit Union uh, was our sponsor for this event, and they're also helping us out with these videos, guys. So we'll take a quick commercial break, come back, and we're going to preview Gunnersville, guys. TNCBA Real Talk Live is brought to you by Tri-City Logistics. Uncle Ray's Beyond Good. And Knoxville TVA Employees Credit Union. Today's the day to explore the journey ahead. Enjoy life's little moments. Because they're all around us in every smile, and in every laugh. Cherish the moments that will last a lifetime with a partner that lasts a lifetime. Enjoy every moment. Knoxville TVA Employees Credit Union. Join us, join us now. All right, guys, so we are back now, and for this segment, Kelsey's going to be talking to y'all a little bit. He's going to start us off here. i got to check on one little thing with a tech issue, but he's going to be talking to you about what he likes to do down at Gunnersville and what he's excited most about there. Talk to you a little bit about what we did last time. When was the last time we were there? 2016? No, 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 2015. Yeah, so it's it was been a while. It's been a while. So talk to them really quick about what yeah. y'all like to do so, down there and what you're thinking is going to be happening. So looking forward to going down here this, this time of year. Um, it's always been good for us. Uh, Really just thinking about all the different things you can do. Um, really, I mean, you can you can go play the deep game or you can stay up shallow. And, I mean, it's been it's worked effectively for Dad and I in the, uh, in the, past, in the past years. I mean, it's been one of our favorite out-of-town trips to make. Um, just thinking on the many w different ways we've caught them, shallow, deep. I mean, I'd like to throw a floating worm this time of year in the close to the grass because it's just normally this time of year it's just under the surface of the water and um that's normally a very key thing i like to throw a texas rig swim bait weedless a lot of times um they'll come up out of that grass and get it yeah so i mean that's just one of those that's that's one of those fun reaction bites that you get to see um and then also i mean one of my favorite things to do is just go out there and drag the ball and chain I, I, I mean, it's 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 <laughs> tedious, love the, but love I, I love to do it. Love I love Carolina catching rig. them on a Carolina rig, man. It's it's one of my favorite things to do. All right, little note to self: it helps if you plug the power cable in the camera into the actual power port. All right, we'll know that for next time. Yeah, next time they need to quit putting so many holes on that camera. You can't figure out which <laughs> exactly. one to stick that thing in. All right. So, anyways, so Gunnersville is where we're going, guys. So that's where we're heading here in just a little while. Not this coming Monday, but the next. I'm going to be heading down. I know several people are. Crockett and Lord are heading down like Sunday evening. Mm -hmm. um, several people are going to be coming down Monday or Tuesday and stuff. Um, Gunnersville right now. So the, the thing about Gunnersville as we go, those of you watching that might be going with us or when you watch this video, um, eelgrass is a new big thing down there. Mm -hmm. And it's been there the last, you know, few... We're just having some fun here today, guys. <laughs> All right, Kelsey. Keep well, yeah, the eelgrass is a new thing. Um, it, from what we've learned about it, is it's it's very easily detached from its roots, so it's going to be in the way a lot of times. The wind gets up, it's gonna it's gonna change its course of direction. It's gonna get in your way. It's gonna it may mess up a lot of your uh, deep water fishing there for a little bit until the wind changes or they start pulling current. Um, if we we go back and look at uh, what the MLF just done on uh, on Gunnersville. Um, I know, uh, what was Our, it, Nick LeBrew, was that his name? Yeah, Nick LeBron. Yeah, Le LeBron. I can LeBron. never get his name right. But, it's um, all right. 
Snyder, no, he, Snyder butchers names whenever we're doing fantasy <laughs> fishing too. So uh, I'm terrible at it. But no, he had he didn't catch his first fish until what late? It was probably about a ten eleven o'clock because that grass was blown into a spot and he couldn't yeah he couldn't fish it effectively. So it depends on the the, the direction of the wind. You need to be thinking about that. Uh, the eel grass is really hard on um, on treble hooks. Mm-hmm. So single single hook baits not as bad. Um, but you got to keep that in mind and think about that as you're out there fishing and thinking about what direction that wind's going to be coming from. Okay. So you got eelgrass. Gary Sanders was talking to me about when they were down there earlier in April. If you could find that eelgrass and the millful or the hydrilla mix, uh, you really had that seemed to be the big money areas. Hmm. So finding a mixture of grass, and you've heard that a lot from uh, pros and stuff that are. That they're grass fishermen. Yeah. If you find a mixture of grass, whether it be hydrilla and milful, it's, it's or the those subtle differences. It's just like the right the change in the your you know like a rock to clay. Mm-hmm. The those transition points. I mean, those fish. I don't know why, but they love to get into those spots. That I guess it's an ambush ambush point. Yeah. It, it, it changes For the scenery, sure. so I guess they blend in better with it. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, definitely. And and the thing is, the grass on these lakes, you know, it filters the water, it provides oxygen to the water. So there's, there's going to be fish in that grass. Oh, yeah. So you're really, in my mind, going to have two different, two different options. You can either go and chase the offshore deal, mm-hmm. and you can go out and try to graph. You can try to look around for certain things, and you're you're going to find that needle in a haystack out there offshore. Um, but at the same time, you can go up shallow and hang around the grass. I know that with the Tackle Warehouse guys, they were still yeah. seeing a lot up there up shallow and stuff. And the thing about that is sometimes you don't have to compete as much yeah. for, for a grass line as you do trying to get on one key spot. Because yeah. you all were down there with Steve that last time, or maybe not the last time, but even before that. And you all pulled up on one spot that wasn't no bigger than a car hood or whatever yeah and yeah, caught no. tons of fish yeah um uh it was actually one of the spots that jeff creek gave gave to us yeah. to, he, he gave us some waypoints to go yeah. fish and um like i said it was no it was no bigger than probably like a volkswagen bug yeah more or less and if you missed it to the left a little bit or to the right a little bit you wouldn't get bit but i mean we caught over we we stopped counting after we hit 100 yeah. I mean, we did. And those were all two and a half to five pound fish. Right. Every one of them. There was nothing that was smaller than two and a half pounds. So, I mean, that's And it's that's awesome when thing. you find that, but you can also go down there and grab for hours and never, and never find it. Yeah. Or have to compete with somebody to try to get on that one oh, little yeah. spot. So, they, sometimes going shallow to the grass and going up there on the bank can, can alleviate that. So, for me going down there, I'm also going to be watching really close, guys. Uh, get on the TVA app and be checking the water and seeing how how are they running stuff, uh, how much are they pulling. The more water that they pull, the better that that offshore bite is going to mm-hmm. be. So keep your eyes on that TVA app um, while we're down there. Uh, and that's the case if you're fishing Chickamauga or any of those Tennessee River lakes. Now, Douglas is a little bit different, and, and me and Kelsey are going to be doing some of our how-tos in this these coming weeks on fishing offshore, and we're going to be looking at some of the differences between fishing offshore Tennessee River versus fishing offshore like Douglas. Yeah. Because we're, we we see a beasts. lot, lot less current on Douglas mm-hmm. versus places like Ch- Chickamauga or Gunnersville. So keep your eye on that because maybe one of the things is you're going to do both. You're going to fish the grass at some point. You're going to fish the ledges at some oh, point. Yeah. And it's all what, a timing thing. What's going to be the big player is whenever they turn on the generators. They might be running uh, very, th- very little water through the dam 
in the early morning hours or whatever, and it may pick up in the afternoon. So think about that in your game planning down there on Gunnersville. Be thinking about um, trying to find some early morning fish that might be schooling around some of this grass and stuff. Yeah, because uh, they'll go, they'll move right out of that and go just just to the next little little yeah. pump. And and that's going to be a big big key. And like I said, on these next couple how tos that we put out there, we're going to try to put one out Tuesday um, that's going to focus on Gunnersville and on what offshore fishing looks like what structure what to look like on the or what fish would look like on your graphs when you're uh, graphing Mm -hmm. over them Uh, but definitely don't give up on the grass i know i'm gonna be down there with a frog i'm gonna be down there with a chatterbait i'm gonna be down there with a swim jig um, and a walking style top water bait uh, in those areas around the grass because another thing that's coming back to us and we talked about this a little bit i think in one of our how-tos with the shad spawn but the next kind of wave of of small fish kind of their their prey coming up is going to be bluegill mm-hmm. um so i would make a strong suggestion to have on take you plenty of bluegill brim colored baits uh some brim chatter baits some brim spinner baits uh that brim pattern will play big uh, up around that grass and especially if you can find you a flat where you find some beds because as they pull up there to start bedding there's going to be bass uh close yeah. by to that um so kelsey if with you what Gunnersville's a long lake. It's a huge but lake. But when we've been down there to fish, really, what from Coos Pond down? Yeah, has really been the the thing that we've been, always kind of focused on. Has been where on. we always focused. Yeah, um, I mean, really, from Goose Pond down to the town of Gunnersville. Yeah. Um, but really, you're where some of the best fishing's always been done is in between Goose Pond and Waterfront. Yeah. That those are. I mean. If you, I can think of you, a don't few have places, to go run far. You don't have to run Cause, far because again, we're weighing in at Goose Pond. Um, we're taking it out of there, and again, this is a Thursday Friday deal. We fish our out of towns on those two weekdays, kind of get around the crowd and stuff. But you really don't have to move far from North Salty or branch out very far to to get no. on loads of fish. It, it's one of those deals of don't necessarily want to call them retreads, but you know, there's lots of tournaments to go to waterfront. There are mm-hmm. lots of tournaments that go out of North Salty there at Goose Pond. Yep. The number of fish released back into that area. Oh, yeah. It, there's always a huge population of fish there. And, and I'm uh, I'm just going to say it right now. I think our big fish largemouth for the year is going to come out of this tournament. Well, and right now our big I fish largemouth like is, is what, a 4.9? 4.9. Fred Rutherford's leading that. So uh, a 4.9 right now that was called on Boone. So there, there's definitely a good chance for that well, to happen here. I'm just saying, I'm going from past history. There's every been, every year we've gone down there this time of year. There's been something there's over been five weighed mul- in for sure. There's been multiple people catch five, yeah. catch fish over five pounds. I mean, and Gunnersville may not put out the numbers of like double digit fish, yeah. or nine tens, like maybe a chick does sometimes early in the spring. But but Gunnersville's got, got consistency with that five to seven pounders. Yeah. It does. So you're going to catch a lot of good, healthy fish. And I love I love fishing for those Tennessee River bass because they fight harder from that oh, current. Yeah. It, or if you're catching them out of the grass, it's it's a dog fight. The, these fish have shoulders. They have shoulders. <laughs> I don't care if they're two pounds. You think oh, yeah. you got a four-pounder on. Um, so the two things that you're going to have there, deep and shallow. Okay, You're going to have your offshore deal, uh, and you're going to have your grass that's going to play up shallow. But Let's talk about baits to, to take into those really okay. quick, and then we'll talk about um, what we think the, the outcome is going to be. And then after we shut this thing down, maybe we can get all the technology where it should be so we don't fall apart and look like a couple of buffoons again. But 
We're getting there. We're getting there. <laughs> it, went, it went smoothly. We had to have a train wreck at some point. Yeah. See, the problem is, guys, you don't see most of the bloopers that happen on the how-to videos. Oh, there's some good ones. Because we get ones. to edit those. <laughs> Sometimes those videos get a little hairy, too, but just it's not live. You don't get to actually see it happen and laugh at us while it's going on. Um, but in the grass, you know... It, it may be close to topped out, but we're not talking grass like you find in the fall where it's just matted over, mm-hmm. laying on top of each other. This stuff's going to be, be thick. This stuff's going to be thick. So you're going to focus more on those edges of it. Yep. Um, and treat it just like you would if you were fishing a small point going down the bank. Look for those points in the grass. Look for changes. <laughs> well, I mean, if you that. if you go to if you go to water, I mean, not waterfront, but goose pond. Yep. Right there, there's several little deep channels where there is no grass. And right. And it, it's... A lot of fish are caught there. I mean, yeah. I know a lot of people have caught some big fish out of there. Yeah. I mean, so be be just treat it like a, a normal bank. Fish the the points, key in on those areas. Whether it's with a frog, if you see some openings, some holes, uh, you may be able to flip in there if things are slow. A chatterbait down along the grass line. Uh, again, you treat that grass as a bank. And I know there's there's a lot of us that have fished on some grass lakes. Some people don't have as much experience. I know my first couple of times fishing fishing grass, it was the most annoying thing ever. Oh, yeah. Because you're picking it out of the trolling motor, you're picking it off your bait, and once you just kind of get get used to that and just let it go and say, you know what, I'm going to have to do this all day. I, it, there's fish here. Um, you'll finally get used to it and it won't bother you too much. Um, so treat the, the grass like a bank line. Is, is my biggest thing I'm going to say to you. Treat the grass like a bank line. Focus on grass that's more towards the mouths, the 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 first half of these creeks or pockets or yeah. whatever. I'm not going to necessarily be running to the backs I, I get, of these things. I guess you could say look at the grass at, like it's its own lake. Yeah, it's yeah. it's its own lake. It's its own bank line and fish it that way with things, like I said, a swim jig, a chatterbait. Um, the spinnerbait is good, but around grass, it doesn't come through it as yeah. well. So Chat- if you're... Chatterbait's going to be... is going to be your predominant yeah. one. Um, and like I said, don't forget, especially up there shallow, to be thinking about those brim colors because those brim are going to be up there. Um, then once you go offshore, guys, uh, key in on a crankbait, and, and a crankbait might even play even more here for the situation of like, these are shallower ledges. When yeah. we talk about in our videos, talk about Douglas, we might be talking about Long 25 to 40 feet deep. Yeah. Um, we're not talking about humps that deep necessarily here. We're talking about things in that 15 to 20 foot yeah, range. You, a lot of them. I mean, a 6XD is going to be... It's going to be dredging the be, bottom It's going to be dredging the bottom, yeah. Um, now, sometimes you might pick up an 8XD just because of the bigger body. Because one other thing that we do have down here on Gunnersville is the gizzard chad. Yes. You know, we're dealing with some very large bait fish yeah. that these guys are feeding on. Um, so you might even go to a, a 8XD just to get the bigger profile of that crankbait but again a crankbait is going to get to the bottom in many of these these ledge spots um the the football head jig the carolina rig um the biggest thing is kevin stevenson had been down there actually just the week before uh watauga and he said just where they weren't pulling a lot of current you had to go more to the worm and stuff yeah. you had to go to some more of those finesse style stuff things and that's what you'll find guys is if if they're not pulling a lot of current you're gonna you're gonna slow down more. You're gonna be going to a much slower presentation for those fish. But again, swim bait, crank bait, uh, a big worm, a football jig, the Carolina rig. You mentioned it. We saw it on um, with the the tackle warehouse guys. A spoon. Mm-hmm. I'm not as I'm not as fond of the spoon. I know it no. works. I'm not yeah. gonna say it doesn't work. I'm, like, I'm right there with you. It's not like. I'm not that. That's not one of those things. I'm going, man. I can't wait to go throw that thing. And I'm not even talking about throwing the big one. Like the big one will wear you out and stuff. 
but it just the spoon is not not something I jump on very quickly. But preacher jig and stuff yeah. like that. So uh, the the main key there is is graphing some of those areas near the main lake and then working your way in. You're wanting to find things that are setting up in the current. These fish, the bait fish are in the current. These fish are setting up to feed on them. So you're looking for areas on those maps. And that's the, the next thing I'll add before we talk about kind of how we think weights will shake out. And this will completely be a blind one since we ain't fished there in so long. But <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. Guys, a, a mapping card or at least the apps on here, um, two two great ones, the Navionic app and the CMAP app, either one of those. Um, the paid features on those for the year. Are, are impressive and very helpful, especially in this case. Gunnersville is a place that if you've never been there or if you're used to running around up here, it, as soon as you get out of the channel, sometimes you're in three foot of water. You may oh, be yeah. out in the middle of the lake a quarter of a mile from the bank, but where they dredge these lakes and stuff, it, it gets very shallow very quickly. So I strongly recommend a mapping card. I strongly recommend studying those, um, those apps, looking on uh and see google earth works really good for some of the places like douglas and stuff yeah but but places like down on chick or on gunnersville they don't pull the water down as much so no sometimes you don't get to see stuff yeah, like winter pools five feet yeah five yeah, foot know. low yeah. so there yeah the obvious things are there but e even sometimes you miss some things so get you get you a, a good map card or at least have those apps ready to go so that you you've studied that place you know where you're running to to keep you safe um marker buoys and things guys uh with the marker buoys remember red right return if you're running up into the river red should be on your right if you're returning like into a creek or returning to a dock or something red should be on your right um so just keep those things stay between the red and the green as best you can uh the one creek i know that is crazy to get into especially if you try to run the markers is south salty that one kind of winds through there uh, so, so do some study up on that. Study those maps uh, really well, and that'll help you enjoy enjoy the time down there even more so because I know the first time we went out of town with you all on a lake and we didn't have a map card or anything like that, it was stressful. It's, it's tough. Because, I mean, you look around, and especially in some of these places, it's just a sea of grass or whatever, or you get out of the channel and you freak yourself <laughs> I out. I remember the first time we went to we went to Gunnersville. It was in, it was in April, so yeah. the grass wasn't up, nothing right. like that. And I remember Dad and I were running down the lake, and I was, I was hitting him on the shoulder, and he thought I was telling him, look at how fast we're going. But no, I was like, look at the depth. We're in four foot of water. Like, yeah, I don't man, care if we're doing we're 70 miles an hour. Dude. We're in four foot of water. Slow it down. But he was going fast enough that when it came to a complete stop, it was going to throw you into the next deep <laughs> yeah. channel. That yeah. So you were going to be okay. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, yeah, just always be mindful of just your Just pay attention. Your, don't your don't get caught up in that. That is a lake, like I said. Don't get caught up in just sightseeing. You know, yeah. keep understand where you're at at all times on the lake um it's a great lake though we've had some really good tournaments that's what's oh, going to yeah. make this this prediction of weights really hard is because i mean we've had tournaments where 20 plus pound bags come in yeah. you know and but at the same time depending on just the the generation schedule and just fishing pressure it may be 15 pounds a day that's the other thing this is a two-day tournament mm -hmm. so let's let's go ahead kelsey Put our put our money where our mouth is. What do you think? Should I? I need okay, you to stop okay. being optimistic. Okay. Your optimism is crushing me whenever I come in from the so, tournament. So, so here, here's what I ask: you gotta make is sure my microphone don't fall off here. Again. So, in the past two tournaments, we've had high expectations. Now we go back to Cherokee. We we had lower expectations of what was going to happen there. Yes, and that was one of the better tournaments. Okay, so let's just go low. So, so let's go low. I'm gonna not say, unreasonably low, but let's go. Let's just keep keep it realistic. I'm gonna say 
35 pounds today. That's no, stop, Kelsey. You're doing it again. 30. What? Do you know how much that, that's? That's over 17 pounds a day. That's. The, I mean, that's that's still. I mean, okay, 30. We'll go 30. <laughs> we'll go 30. That's a 15. That's a 15 pound bag. That's that's two and a half pound fish. I like. Okay. I mean, that's those are cookie cutters. I can go with 30 pounds. I can go with 30 pounds. You get you some two and a halves. Found you a three and a half here or a four. Yeah. Kicker fish in there somewhere. Yeah. I'm going to say 30 pounds. 30. You're going to say 30 pounds? Uh, I'll, I'll stick with 35. I think it, I'll oh. go 35. Come on. Let's, let's just go back to 35. 35. We'll, we'll, All right. Yeah, so we'll you, think, you think that a 17 and a half pound average a day. That's a, that's a good average of fish. I mean, that's, I mean, I definitely think it's doable. Yeah, I mean, it's it is not this time of year. It, these fish should be further along than everything we've seen so far. Yeah. So they should be offshore. They should be the ones that are cu- still up in the grass should have had time to heal up. You know, Ooh, yeah. we shouldn't be talking about well, I mean, fish that are that's, slicked that's, out. That's, right that's now. the thing about this lake is those fish live in those spots. They're either they're either out deep, they move up shallow to do their thing. But there's several that just live on the bank. Oh yeah, all so year I mean, long. Okay, so 35 is what you're going to say. I'm going to go with the under on you. I'm going to say 30. I think of 15 pounds a day. I think the only thing that's going to hurt us is it's the Tennessee River this time of year. Yeah. I think it's going to be really busy out there. I think I, I, my, here's what I'm going to worry about myself for. Like, I'm going to be worried to move. Like, yeah. and I know that sometimes you need to just fish a spot, let it rest, move on. I'm going to be scared to do that, and I might hurt myself by trying to sit on a spot or stay in one area well, and not run around Here's too one much. thing. Looking at it right now, with all the weather we've had here lately, the rain, hopefully – it's starts to dry out a little bit and they start pushing that water because i mean these lakes up here get full and that's the thing usually summertime more electric being used as well they usually generate even more yeah, for that so, as so well hopefully, hopefully that will be a good factor going into all the i know today they had. were pulling sixty thousand. you know i would that's, like i'd like to see the lake clean i would like to see i, I really would like to have a week here where it kind of settled down a little bit yeah not to say i wanted to go into dry spell where they stop pulling so much water but I would like for it to slow down a little bit so it's clean and there's not a ton of grass ripped up. Yeah. Like you were talking about with that eel grass getting picked up a little bit easier. I'd like I'd like for it to, to not be pushing eighty. I think today when I looked, guys, it was like they were pulling sixty thousand. Um so That'd be a good day to be on the water. That would have been a good day to be <laughs> on the water, depending on how much mud was flowing down through there and yeah. how much debris and stuff. But again, so you think thirty five, I'm gonna go a little bit under you with thirty. It's a two-day event, so somewhere in that 15 to 17-pound range, a day is going to do it. Um, you never know. We might even like mess mess with things and rearrange it like we did down there on Clark's Hill and go out and do a uh, early morning on day one, and, do an yeah. evening portion on, on the first day, and then go out there and fish we'll day two. We'll have to two. base that on the weather. <laughs> that is true. That is one thing to, to keep in mind, guys. Um, other thing, heat. Guys, drink lots of water. Make sure you're eating plenty throughout the day. I'm bad about it. When I get into fishing mode, I don't eat really good. I don't do nothing eat but fish. Eat well, drink a lot of water. Guys, I know if Snyder was down there with us, he'd be working on his tan. But, man, that sun will drain you. It will wear you oh, out yeah. on a, a three-, four-day trip like this. Cover up. Keep some sunscreen on. Uh, sun buffs, sun gloves, hats, all that stuff. Uh, try to do the best thing you can to keep you from getting just worn out down there. Uh, guys, we're sitting at the 46-minute mark. We try to keep these around 45 minutes. The set's been falling apart on us. Camera's not plugged in. Computers were crashing before we even got this thing started. So we're going to cut our losses Sounds right like now before something worse, <laughs> Sounds something like worse happens. We don't put our foot in our mouth. So, guys, we're going to sign off here. We hope you all have a great time uh, these next 
couple weeks or so that these fish are moving back out uh, and getting out of that post-spawn funk. Those of you that are heading to Gunnersville, be checking your emails and be sending some stuff out to you with some other information uh, just to make sure we're all on the same page and everybody's got their license and all the details that they need to have. But we look forward to a great tournament when we come back from Gunnersville. We'll have a, another show for y'all to recap Gunnersville and look forward to that July or Douglas tournament later mm-hmm. in June, that first night one, guys. But we will see y'all later. You all have a great time. And Kelsey? Y'all be safe out there. Keep it in the in between the red and green buoys, buddy. Mm-hmm. And tight lines. Yeah, that's right.